On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex P. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Wednesday, February the 5th, 9th, I should say, not the 5th, Wednesday, February 9th, Ian Cameron, uh, Alex B. Smith, Andrew McGinn, I think it's the first time I've ever screwed up the date, believe it or not, doing the intro to this show, so Wednesday, February 9th, we got the uh, right date, uh, Wednesday card, uh, ready to break it down, six games tonight uh, in NHL action, uh, thrilled to be joined by Alex B. Smith, we haven't seen him in a while, Andrew McGinnis with us as well, but Alex, uh, first time this week, first time since the All-Star break that you've been on the show and back with us, how are yeah. things? Uh, wonderful. I didn't see any single part of the All-Star uh, game or the events except for Trevor Zegers' uh, goal, uh, of course, inspired by the Dodgeball movie. That was pretty cool. I did see that all over Twitter, but I was uh, busy. I was in Denver, Colorado with my girlfriend, so hanging out, checking out some new restaurants and, and enjoying the being in the thin air in the mountains. It was just it was just really cool to kind of get away from hockey for a little bit, and now I'm back and recharged and ready for the uh, second half of the season. Yeah, exactly. What's more entertaining? Spending time with my girlfriend, going to great places, checking out scenery in a great place on a, vac- on a little vacation or uh, watching a uh, uh, lack of physicality, no hitting, uh, no <laughs> right. intensity whatsoever. And Machine Gun Kelly performing at the intermission in an all-star game. Yeah, so, yeah all, all you know. things I was I was willing to miss. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, easy choice there for sure. Yeah. Uh, no doubt about that. And uh, let's get briefly thought some thoughts on last night uh, since it was a, a big Tuesday night uh, slate. Uh, some of the results that stuck out um, for Andrew. It certainly worked out okay in the end with the Washington Capitals because they still scored four goals to cash the uh, team total over, but a hideous loss for them against Columbus 5-4 uh, last night. And uh, again, kind of tough with Phoenix Copley. Not, not not great from him, but look, the whole team in front of him wasn't great. And Columbus with a huge upset. And I know a couple people in our chat kind of liked them as a live dog last night, plus 220. So they get the big 5-4 win. In that one, uh, Ottawa with another upset, a couple of big upsets. Ottawa was the other one, 4-3 uh, over Carolina, and they were up 4 nothing, you know, at one point in that game. And uh, Carolina didn't have it. They played a really uh, intense, exciting game with Toronto the night before, kind of uh, lagging behind a little bit most of the night. Carolina, uh, anti-Ranta kind of fought the puck a little bit, but kind of had some uncharacteristic uh, misplays and defensive breakdowns for Carolina, which you don't often see. They lose 4-3. Pittsburgh comes back from a 2-0 first period deficit. It was the pasta show in the first period. Pittsburgh wins 4-2. Brad Marchand just losing his shit at the end of the game. I don't know what he was thinking there with Tristan Jari. Tristan Jari wasn't doing anything to him. Uh, He was just frustrated, angry, pissed off that the team was going to lose that game. Took it out on the goalie, and now he's probably going to be uh, uh, at the expense of some supplemental discipline and probably going to get suspended for at least some period of time uh, for that. 
uh, in that 4-2 loss. Uh, Vegas, very impressive, shutting out Edmonton 4-0. No bueno for Mike Smith uh, in his return to the net for the Oilers, but can't win when you don't score. Uh, Oilers get blanked uh, by the Golden Knights. Vancouver pummels Arizona 5-1. Very uh, good, solid effort, even against a weak Arizona team. Uh, Winnipeg, 2-0 shutout over Minnesota. Another bit of an upset there. Uh, shocking to see uh, the Jets completely shut down the Wild. Connor Hellebuck, great in net. But the, the the headline of that game, guys, was the physicality. The the rough stuff, the nasty play, the multiple fights. Hell, you had Marcus Foligno and Adam Lowry fighting each other twice uh, in the same game. And unfortunately, Marcus Foligno lost his head, lost his cool a little bit, bringing his knee in the head area uh, of Adam Lowry, and he's going to face an in-person hearing today as well for that. So you probably expect some kind of suspension for Marcus Foligno as well uh, of the Minnesota Wild coming out of that incident. But it was just refreshing to see teams with some passion and not liking each other. We don't see that every day. Multiple fights, tons of hits in that game. It was really the physical nature of that game that uh, stole the headlines in that Wild Jets game. And Montreal, another embarrassment for them. Uh, seven to one against uh, New Jersey. That's hideous. That's just pathetic as far as I'm concerned. And I'm telling you what, I don't think Dominic Ducharme is going to last the season. I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, Jimmy's been mentioning that there's some things that they're looking at in terms of making a coaching change. I know it's not all his fault, but you've at least got to coach up a better fucking effort than that. Uh, if you're the, if you're him, uh, because that was just pathetic last night against a struggling New Jersey team, uh, devils win seven, one, but all that mattered to me was the over, and that cashed in with uh, relative ease for my best bet yesterday. Uh, Alex, thoughts on uh, last night? Yeah, that wild Jets game was just really odd. I watched that from start to finish. Uh, and like I said, it, it was great to see the physicality. These are two teams that don't like each other. Like I said, you're going to see some chippiness and seeing the fights. Like I said, two fights going on at the same time. I can't remember the last time I've seen that in a game. Uh, we're basically going back to that Washington Rangers That's right. Game Greenway and Dylan were fighting at the same time, the first time right. Polino and Lowry fought. Yeah. Yep. And then to have two players fight twice in the same game, that's something you don't see uh, as often as you used to see 15 or 20 years ago. So it was really refreshing to see that. Of course, like you said, the extracurriculars with, you know, throwing the knees and the different things. You hate seeing that kind of stuff. And it's got a lot to do with really these guys don't really know how to fight. You look at some of these fights that we see, and then you get a good one every now and then. But for the most part, they're not even doing a lot of the same kind of, you know, just full-on punching we saw 15, 20 years ago. These guys are grappling a bit more and tussling to the ground. And so things happen when guys get down on the ground, whether it be intentional or unintentional, and then it leads to, to further discipline. So guys just have to be a little bit mindful of that. Just, just settle things with your hands and, and nothing else. But uh, the other games, I watched a little bit uh, of the Carolina and Ottawa game. I was just stunned to see how, you know, I, I thought that was going to be a, a high-scoring affair. I end up grabbing that over and it cashes in late thanks to Carolina coming back with an empty net goal. But uh, if I expected any team to jump out early, it would have been Carolina, Ottawa, uh, taking advantage of, of a flat Carolina team. And we could see this for the next couple of days here still with these teams coming back off of the break, uh, you know, laying an egg and end up losing a game that they really shouldn't. Same thing with the Wild. I think they just kind of laid an egg, could get that offense rolling. Like I said, their offense is much better at home than it is on the road. Uh, and case in point, but they're not getting anything uh, in that. So those are the two games I watched the most of. Like I said, in check-ins with some other stuff, uh, I did have Pittsburgh-Boston first period over, uh, still cashing in those with the Bruins uh, left and right. So that's something I'll probably be continuing to look to, to do moving forward. Yeah, there's no doubt the Boston first period overs. In terms of current trending first period over teams in the NHL, Boston right near the top. Uh, in that category for sure. Uh, Andrew thoughts on uh, the games from uh, Tuesday night. 
Yeah, obviously not too happy about uh, my Habs. Uh, you know, the the over is just the bet. I mean, over or fading them. Alternate puck line, whatever you want to do. Um, I, don't, I don't hide from anything. I had a great night last night betting. Um, you know, I, I did say I thought the Habs could pull it out yesterday. Um, but look, you know, uh, it is what it is. I, I think that um, I'm not I'm not sitting here and defending Ducharme anymore. I think he's definitely part of the blame, but to me, it's still a ridiculous thing at the outpour of social media that how much I, I look, uh, Jeff Petrie's wife was getting like hate messages and like death threats on Instagram or some crazy shit was getting stuff. But yeah, the fact crazy. of the matter is the decor sucks. The decor is horrible. And when you have a young team, a uh, young core up there with guys like Evan Suzuki Caulfield and stuff, you need a good decor. You need a good blue line. You can't have a fourth string goaltender, a horrific blue line, and then the average age of their forwards is like 23 years old and expect everything to go really well. And the fan base wants to call up, you know, John Tortorella or who else, like they're going to change a fucking thing. That's what makes me mad. Ducharme hasn't been great. You know what I mean? He hasn't been great. But I'm not defending him. I'm just saying, like, let's stop acting like that this guy has been the reason why we're allowing seven goals a game. That's what bugs me. Like, everybody wants to find a reason to just, let, like, blame things on stuff. Rem, uh, somebody in the chat right now, Petrie's wife was threatening who? No. She was getting threatened. She, was Nobody getting was, she wasn't threatening anybody. Fans. Yep. Yes, no. because Petrie has sucked. I don't understand how anybody wants him right now. Cause it looks like he doesn't even care. And to me, I never say that about anybody, but it really looks like this decor couldn't give one shit. They can't wait to get home and watch Netflix. So that pisses me off in general, but I thought it would be a good spot for them. I feel bad for guys like Gallagher and stuff, but anyway, I was happy to cast uh, the penguins yesterday at a plus price alongside Ian. That was nice. The team total I mentioned yesterday what would you rather a winning team total with minus 140 or a losing puck line at minus 105? Look what happened. Capitals lose. Never mind that. How about a losing money line at minus 240? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go. Capitals cash the team total for me. Um, so that was nice. I'm happy to get there with those. So it was overall a, a really good night. Um, I, I did end up taking that over though in the wild and jets game. That one kind of uh, stung a little bit. Well, it wasn't my biggest play, but, I want to say one last point. I hate how in the NHL, every single hit leads to a fight now. It's bullshit. There's one, I've been following hockey for so long and you guys have been following it for longer than me. The fact of the matter is like, there's a difference between sticking up for your teammate and an open ice hit having to lead to a friggin' brawl. And it pisses me off. Marcus Foligno is a doughhead. Like this guy literally just wants to take his, his gloves off and his helmet off and just fight somebody. The fact of the matter is not much like there was the, the guy he tried to fight was defenseless after the fight. You know, he took his gloves off, grabbed the guy. I mean, what kind of Bush league is this league turning into, you know? And the problem is because there's so much shit that doesn't get called like checks from behind and stuff that when an actual clean open ice hit gets happened or it get, takes place, we have to act like someone's head just got cut off. And to me, that pisses me off because I grew up, you know, Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em season seven, watching all this stuff with the huge hits. Not every hit resulted in a line brawl, you know? So, no. yeah. And, and, and we got comment here uh, talking about, you know, 
um, the instigator penalty. What happened to that? There's no such thing as that anymore. Apparently you can, as long as someone hits your teammate, you're allowed to go after them with your bare knuckles. It, it, it's absolutely brutal. And you wonder why, you know, the toughness and all that stuff is down with the league right now. It's bullshit. I, I would agree with that. And, and, you know, the instigator rule is bullshit because of that fact now that they're finding that loophole of, okay, if we throw a hit, well, then that's the, technically the instigator to what's going to lead to a fight. Rather than having it where guys can just square up and say, hey, you, let's go and drop the gloves. Now you, you, you're pretty much you know, using, like you said, every hit as an excuse to get into a fight when you shouldn't have that, that factor in there. You know, if you're going to have fighting in the game, then there should be a reason between two players willing to fight. It shouldn't have to just be a single hit. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Ian, you're muted. Yeah, I disagree. I disagree with what Felino did as well. Like jump. It's never good to jump someone, especially when it's not exactly the most dirtiest hit you're reacting to. Uh, the only salvation for him there is that at least the person he jumped was not, you know, someone that doesn't ever fight. He did. Adam Lowry's a big boy. You know, he certainly can take care of himself, but you're right. It was not really necessary to uh, jump on that. But yeah, I, I remember the Rock'em Sock'em days where it seemed like it was just, you know, you just, you see the two guys that just stare down, drop the gloves at the same time yeah. and get it done. The big enforcers back then. All right, tea time for those of you that don't <laughs> like the fights. Time's up. Let's go. And to answer what Terry's saying, I'm not saying don't fight. I'm saying don't go up to a guy's back with your gloves off and, and start going off on them. Yeah. Walk up to them and say, "We're gonna fight." You ready? Yeah. And then that's and then you drop your gloves. You, you don't. And I got to rain on our friend Jimmy a little bit here. He keeps talking about Brad Marchand should get a little more respect, but how's he going to earn respect when he's doing something like he did last night? Right. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I thought and, it was funny him and Sid going at it a little bit because they're you yeah. know they trained together in the summer and stuff. Yeah, it was. And, yeah, and, and the, big thing, boys. the big thing too, and you know, last thing I'll touch on with the fighting is that you know we talked about okay, well the game got rid of the the true enforcer, the guy who couldn't really play well but could just fight and, and do nothing else. Okay, we don't have that anymore. And if you go back 20, 25 years, you had skilled guys who could fight. You had guys who could, who could stand up for themselves as well. And I think that makes a huge difference by not having one or the other. If you're gonna either have Every player say, okay, you got to learn at least, you know, some way to, to stand up and defend yourself so we won't have a bunch of these hits because you don't have that one big brother on the ice that's going to just drop the gloves and fight anybody. You don't have that enforcer, uh, you know, that can bully somebody around. So you either bring the enforcer back, have someone who's designated who can really just, you know, throw the gloves whenever his team needs it, needs it to happen. Or some of these guys maybe train a little bit in the offseason and, and, and add that to your game because you're going to have to stick up for, for your teammates because we're seeing more and more dirty hits year after year. Yep. Yep. It definitely is. And uh, like we see, this is a this is a topic that just keeps coming back around and around and around because I know we have revisited this topic uh, many a time here on the Ice Guys show over the last uh, couple of years. And when we see a night like last night where you have a couple of incidents, certainly it makes you uh, always – it always brings brings that discussion back uh, to the forefront uh, once again. Uh, speaking of discussions that are being brought to the forefront, we're going to bring a Wednesday NHL betting card a discussion to the forefront right now. We've got six games uh, on tap tonight. We'll start with the Detroit Red Wings taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. We've got uh, Philadelphia – uh, minus 115 home favorites, total six here uh, in this game tonight. Uh, I don't really have a strong feel on this game. You've got both of these teams now uh, playing their first game following uh, the break. If you're interested in how these teams do with extended rest, uh, Detroit is just two and five this season on extended rest and uh, not much better, though, for the uh, 
uh, Flyers three and four, a little bit better, but it's not saying a whole lot. Uh, you've got Detroit been terrible on the road this year. They lost five three their final game before the break. Actually, just two and seven, uh, two and five, uh, two and five rather in their last seven games before the break. Flyers actually won back to back games before the All-Star break, after that just brutal double-digit losing streak, beating the Kings in overtime and then beating Winnipeg 3-1 in their final game before the break. So we'll see if they get a little momentum from that. Certainly, I like the momentum that Philly garnered a little bit before the break, but am I ready to take them at an even money or slight favorite price? Hell no. Uh, But I don't trust Detroit either. Clear pass for me with the Red Wings and the Flyers. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Flyers hosting the Red Wings. Yes, yeah, a pass for me as well. I, and if I had to take anybody, it would be a lean maybe with the, with the Wings. I still don't trust the Flyers after getting those two wins. Uh, you know, in the last two games, like I said, I think we're going to see some teams. Obviously, this is this is the second half of the season. We're going to see some teams just completely fall off the table at this point now. Some teams kind of just, you know, maybe naturally rise, and of course, the the top teams probably uh, cruising in advance. Moving forward, Philly's one of those teams I have just kind of falling off the table and could possibly be right there with Montreal and Arizona for the worst record in, in the league at some point. There is a prop I'm going to look at, and it's Giroux for the Flyers, simply because I liked his all-star week. Now, it's an all-star game. I get it. You don't want to make too big of a deal out of it, but he seemed like he was relaxed. He was having fun. He was smiling out there. He was had a great game. You know, he was in on the offense quite a bit. Uh, and I think when you look at his situation, he's likely, not for sure, but he's likely going to get traded before the deadline. I think when push comes to shove, Claude Giroux will opt to waive his no trade clause uh, and will end up probably getting dealt by the Flyers. And I think this is a bit of a showcase now for him between now and the deadline. Show what I can do. I can help a team that's trying to make the playoffs or a team that's in the playoffs try to make a run uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you look at his performances uh, going into the All-Star break, starting to find the back of the net again. Uh, he had uh, four points in the last uh, five games going into the break. You know, starting to uh, fire the rubber on net a little bit as well. So Claude Giroux, someone that maybe tonight and moving forward, you know, maybe to score a goal, shots on goal, those kind of props did definitely uh, pique my interest for sure. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here with uh, Detroit-Philadelphia? This is the shit bowl of the night. <laughs> if I was playing a game, if I was playing this, it might be Philadelphia just based off, you know, I think that they, they, they've they played better than what we've seen out of them the past five to ten games. But uh, Ted, in our live chat here on YouTube, what why doesn't Ndalkovich get any love? You know, the goaltending tandem in general for Detroit doesn't get any love, I, I find. Um, same thing for a team like uh, Arizona. Uh, they don't get much love. Um, I, I really, really think that um, this game here is going to be an example of Philadelphia showing what they could have been this year. We're going to see a good game out of them. They might play well outside of the break and then kind of fall back to the way they were, like Alex was saying. So small, small lean here on Philadelphia, but uh, nothing huge here with me on this game. And I, I will say, Ian, uh, Giroux looked good because he wasn't playing with ECHL players. That's why he looked good. <laughs> oh boy, that's a blow blow right there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Montreal is pretty much playing the same way, but that's why Giroux looked good. I mean, he's a great he's a great player, but I mean, wouldn't you be happy to be playing with all stars after playing with the team he's been he's been playing with? I would be. No, no, that's true. I I hear you on that. There's uh there's no doubt that I think he just enjoyed. You're right, being with you know some of the better players in the NHL, getting the ability uh, and the opportunity to play. 
uh, in a situation like that. And he clearly saw that uh, he was having a lot of fun uh, on uh, Saturday in, in the All-Star game. Uh, all right, we turn to... Defending ECHL players. Hey, I actually know a few ECHL players. It, 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 they would agree with me that themselves that it's a huge drop-off. So yeah, Those are the guys that truly love hockey because they don't get paid with squat. You know, in the yeah, AHL compared true. to even the AHL and certainly the NHL, uh, but they're still trying to show what they can do. They're trying to keep their passion and their love for playing the game alive. Hopefully, someone notices them and sees, hey, if we go on a little ten-game spurt here in the ECHL, we'll get called up to the AHL team. And then if we get there, maybe if we have a good run there, then maybe we're back in the show again. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always the thought process and the mentality of someone that's playing in the ECHL. But uh, yeah, those are the two. Those are the true grinders. When it comes to hockey, uh, those yeah, that play definitely. in the ECHL for sure, because it is the ultimate grind. Uh, speaking of grinding, Chicago's kind of doing that on the ice and off the ice right now. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks taking on the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Edmonton minus 180 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game tonight. Uh, the Oilers shut out blanked by the uh, Golden Knights uh, last night for nothing. It was obviously not a great performance from uh, them uh, or Mike Smith. Mike Smith wasn't great. The fourth goal in the third period, he's, I don't know what he's doing. He's crouching down, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it just leaves the whole top of the net exposed. Uh, and Riley Smith uh, roofs it over him. It was just, you could tell that's a guy that hadn't played in a while. It's just coming back from a long absence. So a, a lot of overpassing, not shooting enough last night as well uh, from the, um, uh, Edmonton Oilers in that loss. So we'll see if they can bounce back here. This is one of those situations where you have a team that's played a game since the break against a team that hasn't. And the team that's played the game already has kind of had the edge. When you look at it, look at New Jersey, Montreal last night, New Jersey had played a game already on the Monday against Ottawa. They had played a game since the break. Montreal hadn't and New Jersey took it uh, to Montreal last night. So I find with these back-to-back situations in right after the break, if you've got a team like uh, Edmonton, it's already played a game facing a team like Chicago that hasn't played yet since the all-star break. It actually, to me, could be advantage Oilers, you know, going into this game. The fact that they have had a, a game here uh, after the break. Uh, Chicago, by the way, we'll have to see what happens with uh, Fleury's going to start tonight. But more importantly, what's going to happen with him in, in the days and the weeks leading up to the uh, trade deadline? We know Washington and I think after last night from the Washington Capitals, they're going to kick those damn tires even more on Marc-Andre Fleury, I would think, uh, after that game last night. And certainly they're one of uh, multiple teams that has had talks apparently with Chicago about the availability and what can be done maybe to acquire up Marc-Andre Fleury, who's given up four goals or more in three of his last four starts. He's kind of struggled, but the whole team is struggling. This is def- definitely not all uh, on Marc-Andre Fleury. I actually like this game over the total, even at the six and a half here. Uh, with the Oilers and the uh, Blackhawks. Blackhawks early in the Derek King regime when he first took over from Jeremy Colleton. They had really started to really thrive in the defensive game and play a little bit better in that regard. But you look at them lately here. They gave up five to Detroit, six to Colorado, five to Minnesota in the game before the uh, All-Star break. I think Edmonton, after a shutout loss, I think the onus is get the offense going. And I think you'll see that tonight. But I also think Chicago can chip in some goals tonight against Skinner uh, for the Edmonton Oilers here tonight, who will be in net for them, uh, expected at least to be in net, not confirmed. But I think you'll see Chicago chip in and contribute to the scoring as well. And I think it goes over six and a half here. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Blackhawks, Oilers. I like the Oilers here. First period, puck line, laying a half a goal, plus 140. The fact that they got shut out last night, and like I said, you know, the, the momentum has been with teams already getting a game under their belt. 
And now you turn around and take take on this Hawks defense that has not been as good as they want to be in their last few games like before the break. Maybe the rest could change that a little bit, but I, I still think this is going to be an Edmonton team that's going to be hot and ready to, to get some goals early in this game. So I don't want to do the, the first period over. It's at two. Uh, and like I said, the Hawks, their offense, if it, if it comes, it usually has been coming late uh, for them. So I, I'm just going to stay with the Oilers' first period puck line at plus 140. All right, there you go. That's Edmonton minus a half, plus 140, first period puck line for Alex in this one. Uh, of course, Alex, you were away. That is another thing. Good thing you were away when this whole Rocky Wirtz bullshit uh, hit the fan with yeah. his just ridiculous outburst uh, at the uh, town hall uh, pr- conference that was going on for the uh, Blackhawks. But uh, it's a good thing you were out of town already when that happened because the less yeah, you wanted yeah. to see or hear about that, the better. Yeah, absolutely, and, and it's it's just sad what's happened with this organization. Obviously, the things that that's going on, and and uh, Rocky, he's more and more in the last several months showing some shades of his old man, and that's not good. Good, and uh, Alex has been bemoaning the old man for years on the Ice Guys show, and for good reason. And uh, you don't want to see uh, characteristics of that from Rocky, and you know, sadly, you've seen that here uh, the last uh, week or two. Uh, Andrew, any thoughts and anything you like here with the uh, Hawks and the Oilers? Well, you know, just like Alex said, I think it's a huge, it's a huge deal. You know, the fact that they've, uh, they got shut out yesterday. They've already played a game uh, under their belt. And I've, I've been saying for the past little while about how uh, the, the back-to-back angle is so overrated in NHL handicapping. I mean, sometimes back-to-backs could be a good thing. I think the Oilers are a good back-to-back team. Um, They're 16, they're on a 16 and seven run, I believe. With back-to-backs, I got that from Covers.com. And, you know, I mean, they, they seem to be a team that corrects their mistakes, and it's probably better they play the next day versus playing four days later, you know? You guys were dog shit last night. Let's get it together. Watch some film. Here's your line mate for tonight. Go get it done. And that's kind of what I think about this one. So um, when, when I first looked at the line here, Ian and Alex, first thing I wanted to do was look at the, what would the minus one be? Get the minus one calculator out, the half puck line, the, the half uh, money line here. Uh, but then I looked at the three and a half team total and I go right back to the well with that, Ian. I think we get there with the, the Edmonton Oilers can get to four goals for me. And so I might go back to that window with the team total and say adios to the money line and just hope we can get there to four goals uh, with the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I'll probably add that as well. The oil, just specifically the Oilers team total as well. Uh, three and a half minus one ten minus one twenty. Andrew liking that. Uh, Vito in our chat likes uh, the Oilers team total over as well. Uh, we'll see Vito on this show on the weekend. Looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, that makes sense. I think I'm probably a little bit on both. That's what I'll be looking at. Full game over six and a half and that team total. It's what I did with Columbus and why I actually jumped in on the full game over late, right before puck drop when I saw the lineups and the goalies. Uh, and then, of course, the Washington team total actually jumped in on both. And, and the same thing, the full game over got there and the team total over got there. So I kind of think this could be that similar type of game here tonight where you can go 2-0 and with the team total over for the Oilers and as well as the full game over 6.5 here too uh, with Chicago uh, and Edmonton. All right, next up on the slate, we got Nashville and Dallas. Uh, we've got even money on both sides here, minus 110, 5.5, 6 the total. Uh, depending on where you look at this point in time. Uh, this will be an interesting one. Dallas has played their best hockey all year at home. We know that. I keep thinking, though, Nashville's a little bit better team, though, than Dallas. going in. I lean to the Predators just a little bit going into this one. Dallas, obviously, with that just 
brutal third period collapse in their final game before the break against Calgary. Uh, they were down three to one. They end up losing. Uh, Calgary was down three one, uh, and uh, Calgary comes back. Dallas ends up losing four to three in that game, and that's been the issue with Dallas is that lack of consistency. Off a win, I don't trust them. However, off a loss, they've been decent. You look at some of their performances off losses, like Washington, they got shut out 5 nothing. They bounced back and they beat down Boston 6-1 to one, uh, in their next game. And, of course, right after that, no consistency. They blow the lead in the third period of the Flames, and they end up losing uh, 4-3 uh, to the Calgary Flames. So this is, seems like their spot. They're going to want to bounce back. Nashville, though, playing good hockey, though. 4-1 and one, their last five going into the break. When you look at series history, Predators are 6-1 and one, uh, in the last seven head-to-head meetings against the Stars. They definitely had the better of it. Um, I might um, I might actually add Nashville. I certainly lean to the Nashville side here uh, around even money, and I might end up adding that as a play on my card for this Wednesday slate before a puck drop. And uh, according to members of our chat, it's sure sounding like uh, Dominic Ducharme has been yeah. fired as head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, just made official Frank Saravalli. Uh, is uh, reporting that uh, right now. Everybody is. And uh, yeah, he doesn't get things wrong. Uh, he, he's on top of things. It was the French reporters first, and we yeah. had to use the the online translator there <laughs> to try yeah. and figure out what they were saying. But pretty look, crazy. Guys, I said just a few minutes ago, you know, how can this guy last for the rest of the season? And as MDR24 says, never mind that. He didn't last the rest of the show. The show. <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I know I'm biased, guys, and I, I know for a fact that it's because I I met him and, and saw him coach in Halifax. But can, can you guys agree with me at least that the fact that Habs nation is just pinning every loss on him is ridiculous. Like it's not fair. No, yeah, yeah. Not how, fair. How, he's got a third and fourth string goaltender. Yeah. No more Philip Deneau, no captain of the team with Shea Weber, no best goaltender. No who's their $11 million guy with Kerry price Gallagher in and out of the lineup the whole game. It's like a daycare with the top six. It just makes honestly, I'm ashamed of being a Hads fan by seeing some of the, the this stuff on Twitter from Habs Nation. They're acting like they just fired some guy that's the biggest dick in the world. I mean, this guy literally is, is just trying to do his best here to, you know, to grow the young core of the team. Um, how He'll is get this an assistant guy- coach job? You know, that's gonna happen. He, he'll get on it. He'll get on as an assistant coach. Someone will take him on as an assistant. Oh, I'm not. Coach. I'm not worried about his. You know, he's got. He's got a great. You know, went to a Cup Finals, World Champ, uh, Junior Championships, Memorial Cup. But it just makes me laugh because what has what has he done that you know we can't look at Jeff Petrie taking a penalty every game or coughing the puck up or Ben Sherratt, you know, the, the being minus two every game. I mean, I guess you can't fire the players, right? So you got to fire the coach. It always ends up that this is in every sport. You know, that's the universal thing about football, basketball, baseball, and hockey. When the team is struggling, you can't get rid of 10, 15, 20 players, but you can fire one coach, one head coach. And that's often, obviously, the route that is taken uh, in these type of uh, situations. Disappointing because this is still a guy that took a team to a Stanley Cup final, you know, uh, last year for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. And look, uh, the lack of leadership has been a big part of it. You mentioned that uh, Shea Weber's not there, he was the captain. Uh, Carey Price was one of the leaders in the room, too, from everything I've read and heard. And you haven't had him around all year. So there's just been no leadership, no one to really bring the team together and say, hey, we got to pull pull ourselves out of this disaster we're in. No one's done that probably for this Montreal team. So there it is. Official news there. Uh, firing of Dominic Ducharme as head coach 
of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Alex, uh, turning our attention back to the uh, Wednesday betting board, uh, what do you like here, Nashville, Dallas? Well, I've been riding these Dallas first period overs for a while. I cashed eight of the last ten, and Nashville has done pretty well too. Seven of the last ten with the first period over, so uh, got a cheap price at a minus a dollar twenty today. I actually thought that was going to be uh, opening much higher, so that I like that play quite a bit. And I'm going to stay away from a side here. This is going to be an interesting battle. I'm glad this is the TNT game because uh, we're really going to get to see which of these two teams is going to make that leap forward and stick around in that playoff hunt in the Central. I think I think whoever wins this, I'm not going to say it's this is the definitive end-all, be-all to who moves forward, but I think this will be a big step because uh, these are two teams that are really going to be neck and neck at each other in the second half. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's It feels like it's an important game for both of these teams, certainly for Dallas. Dallas has very little uh, wiggle room left. Uh, they've been good at home. they got to try to get it done in these kind of games. But just to me, I just think Nashville is just a little bit better than this Dallas team right now. What do you think here, Andrew? Predators, Stars? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think that um, the Predators are the better team. I think that uh, Dallas uh, at home, their home and road split has just been too weird that it's, it, we have to see them probably turn into the team they are in the road a little bit more than at home. I think that they can't just keep being a way better team at home. And I was saying this earlier on a couple of different shows. Can you guys believe the fact that how quickly we have seen Dallas turn into, you know, an unreliable defensive club? Because that's what they are. You don't know what you're going to get out of them defensively, goaltending-wise each night. Are you going to get a 2-1 game? Are you going to get a 5-4 game? Who the hell knows? But we got great goaltender over there in Nashville. Uh, and an offense that means business. So I, I think that it's a good price tonight on uh, with getting or it's pick them now on the on the screen. So, yeah, give me Nashville. All right. Andrew, like in Nashville, Jake Ottinger will be in net for Dallas tonight. Some great starts and then some not so good uh, of late from him. He's kind of been up and down lately. Uh, the Calgary game got rough for him in the third period. But before that, uh, he had had a couple starts in a row where he gives up just one goal against Boston and Philly. So, and then before that, he gave up five against Montreal of all teams. Uh, so, yeah, it's been all over the map for Ottinger, but there's definitely some ability there. You know, when he's on his game, he can be a good young goalie, and it's a question of will we see that tonight for the Dallas Stars. You would think it'll be Soros in net for Nashville, although it's not confirmed uh, as of yet. Uh, certainly for uh, Dallas here, you know, you got to think uh, Robertson, you got to think Rupe Hints in terms of goal-scoring props, and uh those have been the guys that have really been getting it done lately for Dallas. So we'll see if they can uh, find the back of the net for them tonight. Uh, before we get to the second half of the Wednesday card, we'll mention DraftKings Sportsbook, the moment we've been waiting for since September. It's finally here in honor of the big game, Super Bowl 56. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 years of age or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. 
All right, we move along. It's Vegas taking on Calgary uh, tonight. We've got Calgary minus 130, uh, home favorites, six the total here uh, in this game. Just like we talked about with Chicago and Edmonton uh, earlier on the show, another situation, Vegas has a game under their belt following the All-Star break, which came last night, a 4-0 shutout win uh, over the Edmonton Oilers, and the Calgary Flames playing their first game uh, following the All-Star break. So to me, that legitimately is an edge for the team that has played a game already here. And I actually do lean to Vegas, even on the back-to-back here at the plus price. Uh, Calgary certainly like the way they played going into the break, 5-1 and one, uh, in their last uh, six games. But you know how that can work sometimes. When you're surging going into the break, the break can disrupt momentum. Whereas you contrast that with the situation with Pittsburgh last night, and Andrew and I talked about this yesterday. They were struggling going into the break. And sometimes when you're not playing well going into the break, the break comes at a perfect time. You hit the reset button, uh, and it allows you to get back on track, and Pittsburgh did that, and they did it despite a, a shaky start. They definitely played much better in the second and in the third period. I think there's something to Vegas having that game under their belt, and Calgary's now been off for a week and disrupting their really good streak and stretch of play that they had going into the break. So uh, it, for me, it's a small play. It's nothing significant, but uh, I do like Vegas here a little bit as a road underdog tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Golden Knights and Flames? Yeah, it's a lean for me and for Vegas as well. Like I said that that this price, I would like to get a, a better plus price, maybe even possibly look at a shot in regulation uh, to get that kind of inflated. I know we usually tend to play regulation lines for favorites to knock them down, but sometimes boosting up an underdog can be uh, solid too, especially in the second half of the season. I also like the first period over here. This is why I'm going to wait and play in game. I think we can get a little bit better of a price than a dollar thirty-five. That's not a horrible number, but I think we can get a little bit more and and kind of maybe even give us some time to see if we don't want to jump in on that right away, see how this, how the, the pace starts for Calgary. Like I said, we know how they, they're going to be built defensive minded, but do they come out right away after the break? Uh, you know, that sharp on the back end, we'll get to see that. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to uh, wait and see in that uh, regard. Jacob Markstrom in net. Uh, it was Laurent Brossois uh, last night getting the shutout for Vegas. So it'll be Robin Leonard tonight instead. And Robin Leonard was playing very good going into the break. And I'm telling you what, you read the quotes of DeBoer and a lot of the players, whether it's Marcia So, Smith, Stone, Pacioretty, because I've been seeing things and reading things from them in their press conferences at, following the All-Star break the last couple days. You would equate and compare their just excitement and just enthusiasm and anticipation for Jack Eichel making his Vegas Golden Knights debut in the not-too-distant future to a little kid waiting for Santa Claus to deliver the gifts for Christmas morning. I mean, really, they, they have, there's that kind of excitement right now and adrenaline flowing through Vegas. DeBoer was saying it was an incredible team commitment last night in the shutout against Edmonton, or one of our best defensive games all year. 26 blocked shots for Vegas last night, 26. I mean, so you talk about a team that maybe after the All-Star break is trying to rev up that defense, trying to rev up that team game for a push to the playoffs and a strong stretch run. That could be Vegas here after what I saw. That was damn impressive last night uh, against the Edmonton Oilers, how they defended that team, how they defended McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, and and Kane, for that matter, uh, on the Oilers last night. So very impressive win for Vegas. We'll see if they can duplicate that. And look out. Because a week or so from now, maybe two at the most, Jack Eichel will be on the ice for the first time as a member of the Golden Knights, making an already pretty good hockey team even more dangerous. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here? Vegas, Calgary. 
I'm on the over six here. You know, I think we've got uh, a good goaltender in Markstrom. I think Leonard has played as great as well. Um, the Calgary system preaches low scoring, tight checking gains, but I don't think they can do that right out the break. Obviously, Vegas played last night, smooth sailing victory for them. I don't think it's as easy this time around as it was last night. I think we get a back and forth game uh, until one team reaches four or five goals, which will hopefully uh, get me over six. Yeah. All right. Liking the over here with this one, Vegas and Calgary for Andrew. Uh, yeah. Me taking Vegas here at a small plus price. It's kind of like what Andrew thought with Carolina against Toronto on Monday night uh, with that bet. And for me with Pittsburgh last night against Boston, you know, you're kind of getting a pretty damn good hockey team at a plus price, which you don't, which you don't get very often. Uh, and uh, that's kind of what I see here with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And when you compare these two teams in terms of playoff success, Obviously, there's a huge gap. Calgary hasn't had any playoff success in recent years and, of course, missed the playoffs uh, last year, whereas Vegas has been in the playoffs every year uh, and has been that perennial team that's capable of making a run. So uh, I think it's a pretty good value price here with Vegas tonight. All right, next up, we've got Arizona uh, and Seattle. Uh, we've got the Kraken, minus 215. Wow, Arizona that bad? That Seattle, we got to lay minus 215 now uh, with the Seattle Kraken? Uh, here in this game tonight, my goodness, uh, five and a half, the total in this game, uh, shaded to the over. I mean, this is a pass for me. I mean, I can't do anything with this. I mean, I'm not ready to take Arizona back to back after getting crushed by uh, Vancouver last night. Although I would take Arizona and take a shot at the plus 185 before I lay minus 215 with Seattle, a Kraken team that hasn't played since the all-star break is another one of those games where you've got Arizona that's got a game under their belt and Seattle is playing their first game. Uh, after the all-star break, uh, it would be Arizona or pass, but there's just other options uh, and I'm passing Alex uh, coyotes and Kraken. I don't really like anything here. I actually leaning toward the under, which is kind of crazy with a five and a half, but an even money price. I mean, Arizona, they're not generating a lot of shots. They're actually last dead last in the league in shots per game, 26 shots uh, on average uh, Seattle. Like I said, you know, having that being that team where they playing a, a club already has a game under their belt. And you wonder, you know, the defensive roles are going to continue. Are they going to try and really tighten up more defensively, which kind of could take away from their offensive potential? So if I had to play anything here, it would be a lean with, with the over. So maybe if we with the under, I should say. So if we see a goal early, I might try to jump in live with that under at a six or a six and a half. Yeah, it's back-to-back -back starts for Karel Vamelka as well for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, he was in net, of course, against uh, Vancouver last night. Kind of struggled, gave up five goals, but back in there tonight. Uh, for and usually he's a good bounce. The one thing about this young kid, when he doesn't have a, a good start in the previous game, he often can be a lot better the next time out. He's had that kind of propensity uh, this year to kind of be better after a rough start. So we'll see if I think Andre Tourney, the head coach, is kind of going with a hunch here that maybe he'll see a better performance from his goaltender tonight, giving him this back to back. What I'm fascinated too, and uh, Andrew, you can talk about this a little bit too, is Seattle committed to team defense on that road trip right before the break. They were keeping everything tight, low scoring, low event game, low shots on goal. I mean, that was a complete bore fest, a complete snore with the Islanders and the Kraken in that game before the uh, break. But that's the way Seattle wanted it on that road trip. They really tried to wrangle this to a tight checking, low scoring game uh, with the Penguins, the Rangers, all those teams they played on that Boston, all those teams they played on that road trip, Seattle. So it looks like Dave Haxtell finally has convinced these guys that, hey, if we're going to win games, we can't be running and gunning, can't be trading chances. We got to really be patient and really be sturdy, sound, 
fundamentally strong at the back end. That's where it's got to start. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here? Arizona, Seattle. Well, I think I wouldn't take the Kraken uh, minus 215 if our entire chat was playing against them tonight. Um, you know, that that's <laughs> I, I wouldn't take Seattle Kraken against anybody minus 215. Um, you know, the Coyotes to me at even the plus one and a half I, is a decent bet. Um, I think this game is going to be low scoring and low event like you just talked about that expression we're using now and it's used around hockey. Um, I, I think we see you know, a one goal game. And if that's the case, give me the plus plus one eighty five on the Coyotes. I'm not saying I'm betting it right now, but there's no chance I'll take the Kraken. And, you know, I'll, I'll say it's kind of funny. There's two, there's two games tonight that have similar feels. One of them is Philadelphia, Detroit. Second one is Seattle and and the Coyotes. Obviously the odds are way different for both those games, but it's games that were like, uh, I don't know if I want to even be a part of that from a betting standpoint. But to me, Philadelphia is at least a team where they've just they've had so much potential they haven't been able to meet and they've they've shown good spots with it, uh, good bright spots in the season. But Seattle, I just don't I can't trust them because they either have you know one guy score a couple of goals in a game and put up three or four, or they you know um, you know get score one or two and then get four or five against them. So I think the Coyotes have played actually respectable hockey lately. They just have a couple beatdowns like last night. And all of a sudden, people think they're gonna. That's gonna happen against every team. Breaking news: The Seattle Kraken are not the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks are better than everybody thinks they are, and we'll talk about them in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, in summary, the Kraken don't deserve this price tag. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It's a question of can you stomach take in Arizona? But I'll say this: the back to back, and I think it's good for all of these teams, like in Arizona, like in Edmonton. Uh, tonight, Vegas, all these teams that have played and facing teams that haven't played yet since the All-Star break. I really think the greater advantage is to that team. And I just happened to see someone on Twitter posting, a, and I'm not saying it's a bad pick or it's going to lose or anything like that, but uh, taking Calgary. And Calgary's played well. Uh, that That's not – I don't have a problem with people taking Calgary tonight. But he, he someone had this – and it was a detailed write-up. Give him credit. It was a nice written analysis. I just happened to see it. And he's like – Look for Calgary to take advantage of the fatigue situation here for the Vegas Golden. I'm like, mm. what? Are you kidding me? This is not the same back to back. These teams are coming off an All Star break. A back to back coming off an extended break like that is not going to be a big deal. All right, you know exactly. So, yeah. Look, if you like Calgary, that's not my issue. My issue is find other reasoning to include in your little write up there than fatigue. You know, you got to yes. have something else than that. Fatigue's not a big deal for all of these teams on the second night of a back-to-back coming out of the all-star break. So when you, when you're starting to use that as your fundamental crux for liking Calgary tonight, you got to find another fundamental crux for liking Calgary tonight. And that that's the way I see it because these teams are fresh as daisies. As far as I'm concerned, they've had an extended time off. Uh, The back-to-back is not the, is not a bad thing, a horrible situation here uh, in this kind of spot for Vegas, Edmonton, Arizona, any of these teams playing a back-to-back tonight. All right, final game uh, of this. And here we go again. We've got another situation, right? New York Islanders, Vancouver Canucks, the final game of this uh, Wednesday card. Uh, New York Islanders, minus 125 uh, road favorites. Five the total. Yeah, that's right. Five is the total uh, for this game. We don't see them very often. So, uh, you know, take a picture uh, of your betting odds board when you see uh, a five. For any NHL game, but we have one right here. 
uh, with the Islanders and the Canucks. Again, Islanders haven't played since last week before the break when they uh, lost to Seattle, 3-0 at home. Terrible loss, terrible, brutal loss. I mean, if you watch that Islanders Kraken game, and I sadly did see a good chunk of it because it was a lighter card, and I was weirdly intrigued by that game. The Islanders looked like they they were already on the all-star break. I mean, it was a horrible effort from them uh, on home ice. Only 19 shots on uh, Seattle checked them to death. Uh, give them credit, but it was a lethargic, lifeless, pitiful performance for a team that needs every point they can get to try to salvage this season and get back in the playoff race. And to lose at home 3 nothing to the Seattle Kraken, that's not a good sign for Barry Trotz and his crew. Uh, so there's this will be their first game after the break here in Vancouver. Vancouver played last night, of course, beat Arizona 5-1. to one. Uh, So I think it's a little advantage for the Canucks. And no travel. It's back-to-back at home uh, for the second straight game. I like the Canucks here as a home underdog. To me, I mean, I'm going to dare the New York Islanders to beat someone that's either at least decent or good. And I've said this a million, and they're not even beating all the teams that are below average anymore because we just saw what happened against Seattle for this Islanders team uh, in their last game. But you know, they just have not been able to raise their game against better competition. I still consider Vancouver better competition right now. They've certainly played better since Bruce Boudreaux's been there. Brock Besser's coming to the forefront again. Pedersen's starting to get it going. JT Miller's been outstanding really since the uh, coaching change was made. Uh, there's lots to like with the – and I like that they've committed to good defense and they're getting good goaltending. Now, tonight it's going to be Yaroslav Halak uh, in net instead of Thatcher Demko. Halak's been very good. The last couple starts, though, Chicago in his last start, he was terrific in that game uh, against the uh, Blackhawks. It's not like the Islanders uh, have the uh, uh, the 90s Penguins offense or the 80s Oilers offense right now uh, at this stage of the uh, uh, season. So I think Halak can go in there and give the Canucks a solid start, solid effort in net. I like Vancouver here as a home underdog. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Islanders, Canucks. Yeah, so just a lean to Vancouver. I'm not gonna gonna play that side. And for anyone who's looking at at that total of five, that's definitely a number and a and a, and a price because you're seeing a dollar forty, dollar forty five. You want to wait a few seconds within uh, in game. You can get four and a half, or you can at least get that five drop down to a dollar twenty. Uh, that's that's a, it's a the lowest of the number. I would like it to go over. Especially, like I said, Halaki has played well, but we've seen him kind of struggle out of the gate at the beginning of the year. Maybe with the rest, you know, he may not be as sharp right out of the gate. And, of course, the Islanders, they're trying to get things, uh, you know, set up and, and dumped down as much as they can, play that trot system. They're going to want to do that on the road. But I, I think if you get a four and a half live, uh, we still could see this end up being a 3-2 game. You cash that. So I would look for an end game over. 92 goals in 39 games this season for the New York Islanders, dead last uh, in the NHL. I mean, the offense just, you know, it's always been. Less goals than the Habs this year? Yes. Wow. Ninety. There's last. an achievement right there. How about it? Dead last in the NHL, the New York Islanders offensively, 92 goals in wow. 39 games. So it's not like Halaxi's, even though, the you know, an older goalie with the long layoff, you do get a little concerned. I usually do, but. It's not like he's facing the Penguins. It's not like he's facing the Leafs, the Oilers, uh, Colorado. Name any of juggernaut offense you you can think of. This ain't it. Uh, Andrew, what do you think? Islanders, Canucks. Yeah, very similar thoughts to you. Uh, if you can get the five or four and a half, like Alex was saying. Uh, the five has always been, to me, it's it's okay to get the juice. Obviously, the four and a half would be even better. But 
you guys remember last year I was charting this stuff and it was either a push or an over for like 90% of the time we saw these fives. So I have no problem with the juice at the five. Um, but yeah, it's Vancouver a pass for me. I, the bookmakers continue to give the Islanders respect. They probably don't deserve. Also, you know, I said it before, I'll keep saying it back to backs to me overrated. Uh, one thing I will say though, guys, which actually might be the reason why I stay off this one. Watch how some teams play after beating down the Coyotes. It is an angle I've tracked a little bit here. And I, I don't like to, you know, always auto bet stuff. But sometimes you see a team just feel too good. You know, it was like all-star game 2.0 last night. Every good player on that team would have cashed their goal scoring prop. Think about it. I mean, if you're a prop better at a goal scoring, I, I'm mad at myself for not betting props in that game. Uh, and, and Ian, I, I'm dis- I, don't, I, I apologize if you mentioned it, but I know for a fact I didn't mention it. Connor Garland playing against his old team like yesterday. If you mentioned it, I apologize, but I'm mad I forgot to bring that up. Yep. Shots on goal, cashed. To get a point, cashed. To score yep. a goal, cashed. Yep. I mean, Crazy. that was an angle that I'm mad I missed out on yesterday. But that's one thing, guys, that I think will keep me off this one is that Vancouver pretty much had a walkthrough morning skate yesterday against Arizona. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, you get a little false sense of security because you played so well against a horrible team. Yeah, I understand the uh, thought process there. Uh, and uh, maybe you just don't bring it. It was so easy that you just think it's going to be easy the next night as well. Uh, and uh, that could be an issue for Vancouver. But uh, what's not an issue for me is this price because, to me, wrong team favored right now. Yeah. Vancouver's been, been in better form uh, lately uh, than the New York Islanders. Great stuff. Great show. Great to have Alex back with us. Uh, on the ice guys today uh, on this Wednesday slate. Uh, thanks to everyone for watching live on YouTube, 196 live viewers uh, hit the like button. Uh, we appreciate that very much. We'll wrap things up now with best bets. Uh, Alex first best bet for you following the all-star break. What do you like? Yeah, let's head on down to the Lone Star state. You got Nashville and Dallas taking on each other in a TNT game. We'll go with that first period over one and a half minus a dollar 20 tonight. That's the best bet. All right, Nashville, Dallas, over one and a half, first period, best bet for Alex B. Smith, uh, Andrew McGinnis, best bet. Yeah, give me Edmonton, team total over three and a half goals. All right, it was a team total best bet for Andrew last night with Washington. It was a win. See if we can uh, duplicate that here, Edmonton. Team total over three and a half, best bet uh, for Andrew. And my best bet is going to be actually that same game, but I'm going to go full game, uh, over six and a half, Chicago and Edmonton. I think Edmonton will get four minimum. Uh, I believe so, because I'm going to be betting that team total as well. But I think Chicago will chip in a little bit, too, just because, you know, Stuart Skinner, I doubt he holds the Blackhawks to one or zero goals. He doesn't do that very often. Uh, I think Chicago can get two or three themselves. Edmonton gets at least four. There's the over. Uh, Blackhawks, Oilers, over six and a half. Uh, my best bet for this Wednesday uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone uh, in the chat for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. Hit the like button on the way out. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast providers, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith and Andrew McGinnis, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast. Network.